Welcome to the Unscripted Tongue Podcast, hosted by me, Travis T., your favorite, favorite school teacher. (laughs) I decided to create this podcast because oftentimes I feel as though teachers get stereotyped in a bad way, and um, yeah, we feel like you know, people view us as being stuck up and think we know it all and um, uptight. And it's not true. You know, I mean, I feel like a lot of us are, you know, pretty hip with time and um, we know what's going on. And uh, I feel like sometimes we get thrown in a box. And I just want to create a podcast to talk about different things that go on in the classroom and go on around education that people don't, you know, talk about. Um, being a black educator, well, let me rephrase that. Being a black male educator is something that is hard. It's hard. You always got to be on your P's and Q's. Being a black man is already enough. But, you know, being an educator, too, is, is things that you can and you can't do. And I feel like people think that um, we don't have a life outside of school, and that's all we know. But... Uh, we think about a lot of things. This school year has made my whole uh, trajectory of thinking different. It's it's made it different. Um, back last March when things shut down, I was like, you know what? We're going to be all right. We're going to shut down for a couple of weeks. We may go come back to school in like, you know, April or May or something, finish out and, you know, start fresh. But that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case at all. So we had to go full virtual. And going full virtual was the scariest slash worst slash most nerve-wracking moments of being an educator. It was hard for kids to get online. My whole time that um, we was virtual from March to May, I had three kids. Listen to three kids jump online the whole time. Mind you, I had about um, 20 kids. I had 20 kids in social studies, sixth grade social studies. I had like 20 kids. Only three jumped online from March to um, to May. And then like two out of the three kids that did jump online was kids that was already overachieving in class anyway that I really could have went the rest of the school year without even getting online, to be honest. But... Um, and that was, that was hard because, we, you know, we was required to, two days a week to get up and, you know, go online and check in with students to make sure they was doing what they were supposed to do. And me being me, I wasn't giving kids work every day. I would give them work probably on, you know, Wednesday. I'm like, hey, here's this work. Give it to you Wednesday. And then turn it in by Sunday. That's all you had to do. And, and it was hard. It was hard. Like I probably say seven kids turned it in. But only three kids I met with. So it it was tough. And I knew from that point on that we had lost our kids again. And the reason why I say again is because even before that, you have, you know, your kids that aren't up to par, that struggle and need additional help, especially in the classroom. But now you take COVID and you mix it with already everyday challenges of what may go on at home and it's just a lost cause like and and i don't blame the kids at all i don't blame them because that's a lot 
for kids to deal with, right? Like stress, being in unstable households that sometimes school is their outlet to get away and to be around their peers and to be around, you know, adults that they trust. I had this talk with my kids a couple of weeks ago. And we was doing a lesson about emotional wellness. And they never heard the term before. But I told them emotional wellness is making sure your whole mental capacity is together. Because even as kids, you go through things as well. And and um, adults oftentimes don't take that, you know, into heed. They don't take that. Kids go through things too. So I got on the point of... If you feel as though you're stressed or you feel as though you have reached a level of anxiety that you need to talk to someone, reach out to an adult that you feel as though you can trust. And it may not be your parents. You will be shocked to see how many kids like hands went up like and I'm looking like, wow, these kids don't even trust their parents. Like they like they truly don't trust the people that you know, feed and clothe them because it's not all about that. And um, from that point on, like, I knew that we have to get back in school in person. We have to get back in school in person. I was reading online about how the suicide rate of kids have went up during COVID because some kids are social butterflies. Some kids have to be around their peers because, they just enjoy, you know, having friends and being in that in type of environment because they may not have friends at home or siblings at home or, you know, people in their neighborhood they might play with or talk to. So school is their outlet to get away and to do those things. And when you take that away, they don't have anything left. And I teach middle school, so that's the area that is stated of um, where these suicidal thoughts and depression and anxiety starts to come into play because that's when kids start to learn themselves that's when you know you start to 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 have crushes and um now it's it's way more different because of technology and i feel it's like social media raises our kids uh for us so uh, we live in a different age where we got to be on top of them because if not we're going to lose them to music we're going to lose them to um peer pressure and we're going to lose them to the world and that's something that we don't want to do because the kids are our future they're our future like they are going to be taking care of us one day the future doctors lawyers presidents secretaries um nurses doctors police officers engineers carpenters all of those different type of careers we are to leave in the hands of these kids that aren't getting an adequate and fair education because of COVID, because of um, the lack of support. I feel as though the government give education. You always look around and see talking about budget cuts and budget cuts. And it's always in education. Why? Why? Why shouldn't they have a fair education? Why should you take away these programs why don't you want to pay the teachers? But that's a whole nother story about that. You got to give us a chance. You got to give us a chance to have the resources in, in line to make sure these kids succeed. And it's hard. It's hard. We have to save the youth. 
I will wear a shirt 365 days a week until it stank that says, let's save the youth. I don't care. Black, white, Latino, Filipino, whatever you want to call it, we got to save the youth. But if it's going to be someone of a different race, educate them the right way and teach them some black history too. Now, I'm going to say this, and, I'm, and I mean what I say because... I'm a firm believer in the standing, um, standing by my word and what I believe in. Teach these kids, teach these white kids some about black history way more than Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and Rosa Parks, and Harriet Tubman, Jackie Robinson. All those people are extraordinary people. I promise they are extraordinary people. But talk about other people too. Teach them about the different people and the, and, and the different um, um, history points that made African Americans so significant as well. People don't do that. What are you scared of? What are you scared of? Racism is something that's not going nowhere. Regardless of what people think and say, Racism is not going anywhere. If it's been going on all this time, we've had so many different type of um, protests and um, marches and, and, and people coming to leadership to to get us into a better place. Appreciate that. I love it. I'm studying Malcolm X right now, and I'm loving every minute of it. Fred Hampton as well. But teach these kids more people and more history facts about African Americans because our whole life we've learned about what? Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus. And we know what he did. The reality of what it is is he did some things to people that wasn't right. He killed, he raped, he did all of this stuff but why do we just have to focus on the white European history? Teach these kids something else. Also, let's talk about how um, we always blame in the household. We always blame in the household. Stop blaming parents for everything. It's tough. It's hard. I understand. I get it. So many times I I sit and I hear gossip about how parents aren't doing this and parents aren't doing that. And, you know, to a certain fault, I agree because I'm a teacher and I see how um, kids may turn work in for me in person when we're doing a hybrid model, which is they come in school a couple of days and they work home a couple of days. And the work that they do at home doesn't get done. But you have to also realize that we're not paying their bills. We're not paying... We're not paying parents' bills. They got to get out and work. They got to get out and do what they have to do. So, you know, if they're working 12, 13-hour shifts when they come home and they may only have a simple question as to, did you do your homework? And, you know, being a parent, they may entrust their kids to tell them the truth. And they'd be like, okay, fine, wash up, go to bed, or if it's, you know, an appropriate hour. But we got to stop pointing the fingers and start helping. We got to start helping. I, w- I wish that it was more parent and um, teacher relationships. I wish it was more parent and teacher relationships. I've seen times where parents in the past before COVID, I've, I've seen parents come in and they're so active. They're helping with things. They're 
um, volunteering to do things, but their kids are doing fine in school. We want those people, don't get me wrong, but it's also times where parents may come in the building and I'll say in the heart, be like, um, excuse me, who are you here for? And then it'd be like a child I know, and I'm like, oh, wow, I, I, didn't, know that was your, I didn't know that was your child. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for, you know, the parent because they may be like, dang, they don't even know who I am. My child been coming here for two or three years. And I'm like, man, I don't know who you are. But it's also embarrassing to teachers because we have to do a better job as well. We got to start reaching out to parents more. Not only when their child do bad, little Johnny may be bad, but, you know, you know, little Johnny got potential. Talk to those parents about those kids having potential and don't leave them out in the blind. We can't fail our kids. We can't. One of my smartest kids in my class, right? Um, we had this conversation back, I think it was maybe, uh, I'm going to say October. It was back in October. It was after the first quarter was over. And I went in on my kids. I went in, I went in on them. Um, I was like, come on, y'all. Like, I know because the class average in math, I don't teach them math, but the class average in math was like 50-something. And their class average in English was like some some of that sort as well. And I was like, hey, y'all, like, what's going on? Like, like, come on, y'all better than this. And I was like, what can we do as teachers to help y'all do better? This is what one of my kids told me. He said, Mr. Thomas, I just can't learn like this. Like this just I just can't learn like this. And mind you, he is still doing fine. Well, especially at that moment, he was still doing fine. But he said, like, Mr. Thomas, I just can't do this because I have to be in person. I'm a visual person. I need to see the board. I need to be able to raise my hand and ask questions. Half the time, my mic don't work, so I can't talk, so I got to type out the answers or type out my question that I may have. And it may be misinterpreted wrong. Just like if adults are texting. Same way. Like we can say something and, and throw it all the way out of context. Because it's 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 the actual communication in person that makes it better. So um yeah we gotta we gotta do better with making sure that we provide the resources for our kids, being more engaged in the lives of our kids and i feel as though everything will be better and more clear now do i feel as though we will get there yes we can get there we will get there um, we've received emails about how we plan on returning to school in the fall probably four to five days a week and i love it i am ecstatic about it i love it and i hope it happens because not only does the kids need to be back in school, I want them to be back in school, too, for my mental peace. Going through COVID, being at home every day and not being able to interact with those kids did a great deal on me, too. If you're a true educator and you truly love and got a passion for what you do, you should have been bothered by everything that was going on in the way of it affecting you. And it affected me because... I really wanted to be able to be there for my kids and um, at least finish the school year out. They didn't even get a, a fair chance to finish the school year out and then go into the summer and deal with COVID. And then if it, you know, a new school year started, we can we can have time in the summer to get it together. But to stop before school is out, it was it was shocking and it was hard. 
So, um, you know, that I hope that we can get back to school for five days a week next school year and everything um, be, be okay. But, yeah, this first podcast, it's going to be kind of short. You know, this is my first one. Just putting something out there, um, put my toe in the water and seeing how things are. And, and, and we're going to grow. We're going to do this. All right. So, check out... Um, more things coming on the way. I'm getting things prepared. It's going to be better, big and better. And I appreciate um, you for stopping and listening if you did listen. Thank you. God bless. <laughs>